Hey, listener. Thanks for uh, tuning in again to Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast on the internet with two guys talking about sports and uh, other topics from time to time. This week's show, I think it's a good one. We get into some NBA free agency rumors and predictions. We talk about perhaps the best baseball player of this generation and why no one's talking about him. All that and more on this episode of Subjectively Correct Sports. Man, 2018, what a time to be alive. Burger King Russia tweeted out about a week ago a message to its uh, the women of its nation promising 3 million rubles, which I think is equivalent to 47,000 US dollars, and a lifetime, lifetime supply of Whoppers, which, depending on the Russian woman, could, eat, <laughs> could far surpass the $47,000. So I'm, I'm guessing there's a catch. I'm guessing there's a catch because you're having a hard time getting this out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing to myself over here. Three billion rubles and a lifetime, lifetime supply of Whoppers for all women who get pregnant from world football stars. Um, wow. This is all in an effort to uh, basically grow the game in their country and to inherit the, quote, best football genes. <laughs> So their pl- that's their 20-year plan. Their 20-year plan is to get pregnant by, by Messi and Ronaldo and hope something great happens 20 years from now. That's right. Yeah, so so 20 years from now, you'll have some very uh, geographically, racially diverse football <laughs> superstars uh, <laughs> coming out of Russia. They're all... But here's, here's the problem they're overlooking. Each one of these kids is going to be severely malnourished from all the whoppers they're eating. Right. (laughs) And the thing is, if this is what they're going public with, imagine the things the Russians are doing in private to make their their soccer team better and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) Ivan Drago. All right. Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports. My name's David. I'm here, as always, with Anthony. Um... Excited to get into our stuff today. Uh, let's start with some NBA free agency talk, Anthony, because this is the last week, uh, the last uh, episode we're going to record before NBA free agency goes down on July 1st. And there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Um, what to you is the biggest uh, free agency news, the biggest free agency murmurings that you've been hearing? David, set your clocks. Well, your clock. I don't know. How, how many clocks do you have? Well, Set all I'm, of them? I mean, I think about my phone, my computer, but I really only look at my phone. I don't have a watch. Who has a watch anymore? Unless you have like an Apple watch, which is more just like an extension of a phone. So I'd say I have one clock. Okay. You're still talking. Okay. Set your phone to go off. Big time alarm. 9 p.m. Pacific. Midnight Eastern. Uh, if you're doing the 9 p.m. Pacific, it's going to be June 30th. If you're doing the midnight, it's July 1st. This is turning into a math problem, dude. Get on with it. All I'm saying is come July 1st, the NBA landscape is going to change dramatically. You've got Paul George, LeBron, possibly Kawhi, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, basically, you know, like five or six of the top 10 players in the league uh, can exercise either opt-outs or are uh, unrestricted free agents. And so people are going to be moving. And I, and I expect it to happen fast. Uh, every Everything that's been out there, you had uh, 
Brian Windhurst recently say he didn't think um, LeBron would, would delay his announcement. He thought he would announce before July 4th. And I think once that happens, everything else falls into place. So I think, so, so going into this weekend, I think here's what we need to look for. Where is LeBron James going? Or is he staying, right? I guess, I, I think right now, if you looked at the odds, it's either he's staying in Cleveland or going to the Lakers. Although there's been rumblings that, you know, maybe he has interest elsewhere. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of hypothetical, you know, circumstantial evidence. People have been uh, spouting off on Twitter and, and stuff like that. Local radio in Miami is going crazy because he's been seen in Miami recently with his family. They went to a high school. There was like basketball tournaments down there. His son almost dunked down there, I guess, which everyone was freaking out about. You know, um, but the most impressive the, missed dunk since almo- JaVale McGee. Almost, the almost dunk heard around the world. No, that's JaVel McGee's dunk in the <laughs> finals. That was glorious. But uh, so, so yeah, so it's – but definitely LeBron is the biggest domino. And once the LeBron domino falls, just like the years past, it seemed like nothing was really going on. Nothing was going on. LeBron chose where he was going and then – all those other pieces fell like that same day or the next couple of days. So really everyone's waiting on LeBron, but I really feel like we, I can't remember a year like this where it's not just one or two big free agents like LeBron and Kevin Durant moving around, but it's four or five big names that are really looking to move somewhere. I mean, all those names you mentioned, LeBron, CP3, Kawhi, Paul George, these are all legitimate superstars that are getting moved or could move. And I can't remember a time in the NBA where this happened. Even at, at DeMarcus Cousins with only one Achilles, like he, he even he's a big piece, right? Right. So, so like, like I said, the landscape of the NBA uh, from from June 30th to July 1st could could you know totally alter everyone's predictions for what happens next year. I don't expect that the Warriors won't be the favorite moving into next year, but I I do think there's potential for two or three teams uh, that were just non-players this year or non-factors to uh, to really have a legitimate shot uh, come twenty the twenty nineteen finals. Right. So. Well, you think, and I think as long as the Warriors, the Warriors as constituted, probably won't be beaten. You know what I mean? I mean, it took. Well, I take that back because it it would there was an epic collapse by the part of the Houston Rockets, and mm-hmm. that they were able to sneak past them. So I think no team in the East could beat them. But the West has some chances. But if if, Paul, if Chris Paul leaves the Houston Rockets, I think that chance for the Rockets goes away, and it becomes the Warriors Conference again. Unless the Lakers' plans uh, all pan out, right? And what, I mean, what plans are those? Okay, so the, the long-rumored plan of Paul George going to the Lakers, that's been, um, that's been on everyone's radar for over a year now. Uh, so that's... Option one for the Lakers, just get Paul George, re-sign Julius Randle, and maybe get a couple of, of other um, one-year rentals and, and, and then uh, see what 2019 free agency looks like. Something that we didn't even dream, we, as if I'm the Lakers, something Lakers fans did not even dream of, um, I think probably a few weeks ago, maybe a, a couple months ago at least, is the, the option of LeBron coming to the Lakers. Um, I don't really know when this started. It seems like within the last few weeks is kind of when all the, the rumors started started dropping that, that LeBron's going to come to the Lakers. Um, and so if they land Paul George and LeBron, uh, I think that's you kind of pencil them in for the Western Conference Finals. Um, but then there's this third scenario, which would just be insane, where Kawhi gets traded 
uh, Kawhi Leonard gets traded to the Lakers from the San Antonio Spurs. I don't think that's going to happen. Right, and, and the Spurs uh, have even come out recently and said, we will not trade Kawhi Leonard to a team in the Western Conference. Like, we'll trade him to the East so we don't have to mess with him. But we don't want him in our same conference, which is, I think, says a lot about Kawhi Leonard as a player and the way the Spurs feel about him. They're like, we don't want him in our conference if we're going to trade him away from our team. Yeah, but if you were the Spurs, would you really turn down a better offer from a Western Conference team just so just so he's in the Eastern Conference? Mm-hmm. Just so you can don't have to play him what you to play him two less times during the regular season and then um Maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean if you're the Spurs, you know, every year you're thinking you have a shot at the, the championship, so eventually you'd face him anyways. Right, and that's why that's, that that report sounded really strange to me. I was like, why does it matter? who where he's going you do what's best for your team if Kawhi yeah. Leonard from a western if you trade with a western conference team and you get players that you really want and that you know is going to fit into your system and, and gel with the guys that you have now you do that you do what's best for your organization no matter where he's going and I think that's really weird that they would come out and say we won't trade him to a western conference team you know yeah. it almost feels like something that was said offhand just like maybe some executive or assistant gm said something like oh we won't trade him to the west because we don't want to deal with him ha 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 and then somebody Hmm. caught wind of that and ran with it that's what that sounds like to me because i think it's silly business to say oh we won't deal with a certain group of people even if they give us the best deal but ultimately i think that the two teams that could provide the best package uh would be the celtics and the 76 76ers anyways so uh this may just be um you know, a moot conversation. So Right. And like you said, come July 1st and then probably July 4th, everything that we're talking about now will just be nonsense and we'll actually get some solid information from these players and where they're going and then we'll see. So, um, mm-hmm. it's just, so, so if I, Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So if I, if I'm thinking of the five kind of big names, uh, where we really don't know where they're going to end up, Paul George, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul and DeMarcus Cousins. You've got other other players who are opting out, you know, like Kevin Durant. I think he's going to opt out, but there's really no indication he's going to go anywhere else. Um, so those five, where do you think each of those five ends up? Okay, and this is rough because I really don't, I, I don't make predictions because I don't like to make predictions because it's so ridiculous. Like these players are making decisions based off of so many things that we just don't know. We have no idea. I mean, they had, there's family considerations that we don't think about. Like, um, you sent me over that Paul George video um, where he's doing oh, his, yeah. like, so, yes. So, so Paul George is is a part of a three-episode uh, kind of mini-documentary series on his decision. I think it's called Paul George, My Journey. Um, and the first of the three episodes aired uh, during the, the, the 6 p.m. Eastern Sports Center. And they're only, like, six or seven minutes long. And the first one kind of focused on his his uh, journey leading up to to this off season and, and his relationship with his agent and uh, his time in Indiana and his his one year on the on the Thunder. So uh, kind of interesting. I don't think we were given any insights into his decision making. No. Uh, although it is interesting, you know, all of his family's in L.A. His uh, his girlfriend and, and mother to his children, uh, you know, is really anxious to kind of settle in and. I know my wife uh, really likes that you all live close and can help out with the kids from time to time. So I'm sure Paul George's um, girlfriend and mother of his children uh, would would like that benefit as well. Right, and that's something that we don't think about as the common fan, the common man. I mean, we sit here and we think, oh, you're a basketball player. That's all you do. Like we define these people 
by by what they do. They play basketball. We don't look at the person beyond. Even players like LeBron James, who you know, who we think of as the basketball player, right? He is the best basketball player in the world. He's the basketball player. So we only think of him as a basketball player. But I mean, he's even said, I have kids now that have opinions. Like, you know, my, my kids really loved Miami. My wife loved Miami. So that's why Miami is always going to be an option for LeBron James and his family. If they come to him, like if my kids came to me and said, dad, you could go to any city in the, in the country and play basketball. Everyone would want you. Um, but we really, really love it. And, Toronto. That's going to sway my decision. It really, really is. And if LeBron's kids love LA, uh, or if LeBron's wait, kids time out, time out. Sorry, has what? anyone ever said? Has anyone ever said that about Toronto? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. It just seems really cold. <laughs> Great basketball town, apparently. Though, I mean, if you want to go to the playoffs, you know, as a coach, and then win Coach of the Year and get fired, that's where you go. Right. If you want to go uh, get swept out of the playoffs as a number one seed, go to Toronto. Exactly. The place to go. Uh, but but anyway, so all that to say, there's so much going on behind the scenes. It's so hard to make predictions, and there's so many machinations going on, too many variables. I don't like to make predictions because I'm always wrong. What do you think? Where are these players going to go? I love being wrong. Paul George is going to the Lakers. LeBron is going to the Lakers. Kawhi is not getting traded before the start of the season. Chris Paul is staying with the Rockets. And, and, and that's interesting. Well, let me just make this last. And, and DeMarcus Cousins, he's staying with the, the New Orleans, whatever they call their team these days. Pelicans. I think it's the Hornets. Oh, my goodness. It's the Pelicans. That's right. <laughs> They've had so many name changes. It's just ridiculous. So uh, with the New Orleans basketball team. Um, <laughs> with DeMarcus Cousins, I think it'll be interesting because he's coming back from a, a torn Achilles He's a big man. You know, the, the history is not good with this injury. You, you lose your explosiveness. And that's what uh, DeMarcus Cousin relied on a lot of was his athleticism. Um, and so even though he was out of shape, his like natural athleticism was just, uh, you know, just made him a yeah, top, top three center in the league. Uh, so I think what they do with him is maybe a one and one deal. I don't think you'll like it, but but I think that's a good option. Is you a team option for the second year? So you you pay him basically the year to rehab because he's not going to come back until oof, maybe February March, right? And so you get to see him for the last couple months of the season, and maybe part of the playoffs if they make the playoffs. Uh, and then you can evaluate based on that, you know, a little bit. Well, do we want to bring him back? You have the team option. Again, I don't know if he'll go for it, but I don't know where else he's going to get, you know, really, really decent offers. So, so with CP3, a little interesting thing here. He went to the Rockets last season, right? He opted into his the final year of his contract with the Clippers right. under the uh, the wink, wink kind of deal with the with the Rockets that he would be traded to the Rockets. He'd play out the final year of his contract when his contract expired. And he became an un- unrestricted free agent, which he is now. The Rockets would then offer him a max contract, which would keep him under contract until he's something like 37, 38 years old, paying him 40 plus million dollars, you know, towards the end of his contract. And um, uh, by all accounts, the, the previous ownership uh, of the Houston Rockets was fine with this deal. Um, Daryl Morey orchestrated it all, GM of the Rockets. Uh, but lo and behold, during last season, uh, the previous owner sold the team, uh, and I don't have the, the can't remember the name of the current owner, but the current owner uh, at least uh, is rumored to be expressing um, some, um, I guess, feeling that that 
Chris Paul's maybe not worth a max deal at this stage in his career. And so there have been tensions between Chris Paul and the team. Uh, and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Do they do they live up to their end of the bargain and offer him the max? Um, he's Chris Paul stated that he wouldn't take less than the max. So if he's not getting the max from the Rockets, where is he getting the max from? Yeah, those are, so, those are all so, really good so points. All, yeah, so, so all this, uh, you know, within the next two to three weeks is, is uh, going to become much more clear. And hopefully uh, by the next time we talk, um, some of these moves have occurred. Oh, there will be some action, definitely. So I wanted to move on here because I wanted to, to point something out that I think is really fascinating in sports right now, uh, particularly with, uh, with baseball. So there's a player right now who, in, in baseball, um, in the American League, he's hitting 325, okay, which is amazing. Has 23 home runs, 48 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, has an OPS of 1.118, and is having an amazing defensive year by the metrics and by like just the basic stats like errors and things like that. And he's not even a story right now. Nobody's talking about him. Paul George has his own docuseries, and this player having one of the best seasons in the history of Major League Baseball, which has been around for 150 years and no one's talking about him so mike trout is that player mike trout is a generational talent mike trout right now is like a young lebron james in cleveland the best player of his generation playing the best baseball that we've seen in a long time and no one's talking about him and that got me thinking like what is this saying about is that what is that saying about baseball what is it saying about mike trout am i missing something here is it just because his games start at 9 p.m. Eastern time and end after midnight Eastern time and no one's watching him. Like, what's going on with Mike Trout and why isn't he more famous? He should be the biggest athlete in America. David, I think you're overlooking one crucial piece of information. What's that? The man is named after a fish. (laughs) He's named after aquatic life. Tim Salmon, also a fish player. No one cared about him. Can you name another fish player, or do, do we tap you out with salmon? Uh, pretty sure there's a bass, but again, we don't even know about him, right? Yeah, fish. So if the, so the, what... the fish, the fish is the most boring of any pet. Okay, <laughs> if he were if he were Mike Labrador, he'd be on SportsCenter every night, right? If he were Mike Cheetah, on the cover of Sports Illustrated every week, he's a fish. No one cares about fish. They're a background pet. Get rid of the last name Trout. That's my advice. That, okay. We just solved baseball. We need to change the boring names in baseball. We need more guys like, I don't know, Tennessee Mountain Landis. <laughs> we'll be golden. Usain Bolt. I don't know if that was his given name. I think it was. But you need a name like that, right? And and you become a global superstar. Right. Well, what happened to the nicknames in baseball, right? Hammerin, Hank, Aaron. Boom. Hall of Famer. Yeah. The big unit, Randy Johnson, Hall of Famer. And then we have Mike Trout. <laughs> Mike Bobber Trout. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, okay, in all seriousness, because this is a serious show. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I think this is more a reflection of baseball. And here's, here's, my, here's the, the, the greatest thing about baseball and the most frustrating thing about baseball as a fan is that it is so unpredictable. You get so excited about the talent on your team, and on paper, that talent seems like 
it should win the division, go far in the playoffs, maybe even win the World Series. Um, and that team that you have such high expectations for and realistic expectations ends up middle of the pack. You know, they miss the playoffs entirely. Maybe they're in last place. Baseball is such a crapshoot. You can amass such uh, the, the best players. And if everyone goes hitless that night, which even the best players do, you lose the game, right? And then if it, that happens enough times over a season, you're a bad team. If the season ended today, the Angels, who have, by all accounts, a really good team. And, on and paper, one of the best players of his generation. And the best player of his generation, who is on base half of his, half of his at-bats, right. ends up on base, they would not make the playoffs if the season ended today. Whereas in basketball, if you have the best player in the game, you're making the playoffs, and you're probably going far in the playoffs. In football, if you have the best quarterback, you're probably going to make the playoffs, and chances are you'll go far if you look at the, you know, just just look at the any year in the past 10 years, which quarterbacks make the playoffs and which quarterbacks make the Super Bowl. Right, and I think a perfect example of that is Aaron Rodgers because Mike Trout and Aaron Rodgers, I think, are kind of similar talent-wise, like generational talents. Aaron Rodgers can carry his team to the Super Bowl or carry his team to the playoffs at least. He really doesn't have much around him. Mike Trout's the same way. Mike Trout is that good. He's as good at being a baseball player as Aaron Rodgers is at being a quarterback. But because of the unpredictability of baseball and all the stuff that you're talking about, a bounce goes your way, a bounce goes their way, and the best player in the world right now could end up not even winning his division, not even getting in the wild card, which is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is more about baseball than Trout. He's he's obviously a fantastic player. He doesn't get the promotion he does, but I think that's a, more a reflection of his team. You know, if his team started to make some noise, if his team were in the playoffs, if they were contending for a, a World Series every year, um, I, th- I think he'd be up on every kid's wall. So, unfortunately, he's just a fish. So, Baker Mayfield is a fun quarterback. There aren't a lot of fun quarterbacks. I feel like Cody Bellinger was born to be a quarterback because he's boring. And a lot of the quarterbacks just give you that quarterback talk where they're like, oh, my team, they play well, me quarterback, uh, offensive line do so good, coaches so great, good game plan. I mean, it's like a script that they read from every single week. I mean, Russell Wilson's amazing at it. He's like a magician. He can say nothing for hours. It's incredible. But then Baker Mayfield goes on Colin Cowherd's show. And Colin Cowherd calls him out. And he says, you know, I don't like this play. You, you throw a touchdown pass, then you go running off, and you go off by yourself to celebrate. Why would you celebrate with your team? I want my guy to celebrate with the team. And then Baker Mayfield's reaction is great to me. He looks at him and he's like, did you see the rest of the game? Did you see me celebrate with my teammates the other three times that we scored before that? And he was like, oh, yeah, but you should be over there with your teammates. And he said, I was over with the student section, and I went over to the sidelines to celebrate with my team there. Why are you going to isolate this one play and judge me off of this one play? And I thought, that's what we do. That's what that's what the media and the sports media especially does is they hyperanalyze that one moment where it's like, okay, so this player did this thing. Therefore, this is that player. And if, you know, and you can pick and choose what you want to hyperanalyze 
to form your opinion of that player and then sell that opinion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that there were what, like three or four other touchdowns of that game that he was a part of. And every, every one of those touchdowns, he was in the end zone celebrating with his team. It was that one time, you know, the fans had traveled. He went over to the student section to, to hype them up. And, and of course, that's the one clip that, that Colin Cowherd pulls out. And this is his MO. And this is the MO of, of so many uh, sports talk radio and these, these, these embrace debate <laughs> talk shows. Um, you're just looking for the hot take. You're looking for something that you can take a, a hard stand on that'll... Um, and, and I think what they're doing is they're, they're taking the opinion that they know is going to be the unpopular opinion... Uh, so to to incite this rage and we rage watch, we rage listen, right? And we think we're so much smarter than the person talking when really, you know, I think they're a lot more reasonable than the personas they portray themselves to be. Someone like Colin Cowherd, uh, you know, I, I used to listen to him almost daily and I just I just stopped because I I couldn't handle his hot takes. I no, couldn't I'm, handle I'm the him. same way. I used to listen to him a lot. Yeah. And after a while, I was just like, oh, I can't. I just can't anymore. It's just too much. Yeah, I mean, he... Um, you know, he thinks, but anyways, he doesn't like Russell Westbrook. He doesn't like, um, um, I, I mean, seems like most NBA superstars he doesn't like. I know he didn't like Kobe Bryant. That really got under my skin. I can't imagine and, why. Yeah. And, you know, these are legitimately, like, great players. And he'll find, like, one thing to nitpick. And it's the reason that, that this person is can't win a championship. Or this person is undraftable, like Baker Mayfield, who went... What number in the draft did he go? One. Uh, one. That's right. The un- <laughs> the guy he, he the guy he classified as undraftable went first overall. Right. And, uh, and granted, my- granted, it was the Cleveland Browns. So. Yeah. Who won that <laughs> so one? Really, right? Yeah. Well, and my favorite thing about that whole situation is Colin Cowherd is probably one of those guys that was like, we need less celebrating in football and we need more humility in football. Yeah. And then he goes over to Baker Mayfield and says, go celebrate with your teammates more. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all of this speaks to a, a kind of a broader problem. We won't get into it, but I think everyone realizes it's happening. It's just we have to produce so much content on radio, on TV, that we're just filling time and we're just coming up with opinions that are going to get eyeballs and ears and ratings and so whether it's it's you know fox news cnn msnbc uh, fs1 espn we're gonna have some divisive topic that we're going to talk about and we're going to pick out the parts that are just the most salacious the most contentious and um and hopefully that drives ratings no matter what the kind of repercussions are to uh to everyone who's listening and you know i'm not saying like sports talk radio is dividing families but um i don't know i just think there could be a little less vitriol a little less a little bit more reasonableness in in the entire industry so this time of year has been really fun I've been able to get into the FIFA World Cup more than I have in previous years. Um, I'm a big Argentina fan. I lived there for a couple years. I fell in love with Lionel Messi as a football player. I fell in love with the people of Argentina. So to see their football team do well makes me really happy. It's kind of like a, not a second home, but it's kind of like my soccer home because it's where I started appreciating soccer. And uh, Anthony, you and I got to go see uh, the Germany 
a Sweden game that ended with an amazing goal in the 98th minute or whatever ridiculous amount of stoppage time they put to the end of that game. But that goal, in the, basically what, what amounts to a buzzer beater in soccer for Germany. And it was so exciting. We were with a group of guys and it was so much fun. But one of the most touching things I've seen in a long time um, I saw on Twitter had to do with the World Cup. There was a Brazilian soccer fan who was deaf and blind. And he was um, able – the only way he's able to watch Brazil play is he has a – I don't know if it's a friend or someone he has hired to do this for him. But a man was signing on his hands and positioning his hands on a little soccer pitch that they had cut out or made somehow so that he would know where the ball was and things like that. So he was watching and listening to the action on TV and moving him, his friend's hands, his deaf and blind friend's hands, so that he knew what was going on in the game. And his reaction when Brazil scored and the way he was able to understand what happened because of what was going on with the signing, it touched my heart in a really special way because it just reminded me what sports are all about. Sports are all about connecting us. It's about feeling united, even though we're at a time where dividing people seems to be so easy and dividing people earns you money. We can feel united with something, and that can be something as silly as a soccer game. But, oh, it meant so much to this man, and it reminded me of the times when sports meant so much to me. And it really made me fall in love with sports again. And sports keeps doing that. Sports keeps giving me reasons to fall in love with it over and over and over again. And that's why I think I'm a sports fan and why I'll be a lifetime sports fan. Yeah, uh, that that video was incredible. And, um, yeah, I share your sentiment. The we love sports because it's it it brings out the 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 childlike kind of hope that we all have you know the envisioning ourselves as something more and then uh but but also this this you know kind of collective um this we're all in this together kind of mentality that you were talking about when you're you're all cheering for the same team uh you've got the group of fans that you you connect with and it's but even even you said earlier in the show, you kept talking about the Lakers as we, like you had yeah. something to do with the team because you're you're such a part. You feel such a part of it as a Lakers fan. Yeah, and so um, sports, yeah, it it has the ability for whatever reason. I think the reasons we talked about and, and, and many more to uh, to just you know bring out um, these emotions in us, and uh, it's just fantastic. So you know, unless you're rooting for a fish. Poor Mike Trout. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this story. I don't remember if I shared it with you. But the most amazing thing happened at a Diamondbacks game recently. So one of their relief pitchers, Archie Bradley, is warming up in the bullpen. And he knows he's got the next guy. He knows the next guy up is someone that he is going to pitch against and he's like oh man i really need to use the bathroom the count gets to like 2-1 the count gets to 2-2 so he knows this bat is almost over so he's like i gotta go to the bathroom so he runs to the bathroom in the uh, bullpen to pee right oh but there was a little more going on than just a little bit of pee so while he's trying to hurry and pee he poops himself a little bit <laughs> so he knows that in a pitch or two, he has to go out and run onto that field and pitch an inning, but he has just messed himself. So he cleans it up as best as he can, runs out of the bullpen, 
and has to run straight onto the field with poop in his pants. Runs out to the mound, and he pitches a, pun intended, solid inning and gets out of the inning. And no one, no one in the dugout believed him. They were all like, no, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, until the bullpen called the dugout and was like, God, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> I want to say it probably couldn't happen to anyone other than someone named Archie. 